Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here. Along with the asylum assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moni, Stephanie Burke, and the uh, the peanut gallery here tonight in the background. We have uh, Andrew Lake and Scott Beeman hanging out with us. How are you guys doing? Talk loud. It's the radio. They can't hear you. All right. And uh, don't, don't worry. I'm turning myself up too. <clears throat> Sorry. Didn't mean to clear my throat on the air. So this is Spooky South Coast where we talk about the paranormal each and every Saturday night. And if you can hear, I'm losing my voice a little bit, which I don't know. I kind of had a feeling this might happen when I found out that our guest tonight was Heidi Hollis. Because if anybody remembers 11 years ago, it was almost 11 years ago this week. It was uh, the first week of April 2007 when we had Heidi Hollis on the show. And or it might have might have been. A little bit later than that. Anyway, but we had Heidi Hollis on the show, and that was the night that my voice completely and totally gave out. And I was talking like this to the whole show. So what I've got right now is a little bit better than what we had then. So let's be thankful for that. And we are broadcasting here on WBSM as well as on the Spooky South Coast app for Android and iOS and also rebroadcast on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Because, you know, our, our audio is great. A little response there to something that I got from Dark Matter. And uh, if you want to join in with the show, you can call in at any point in time, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. You can also email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. And you can also, excuse me, you can also join in the chat on our Spooky South Coast app and as well as uh, on the... Spooky South Coast website. So, so many ways to get involved. Thank you, everybody, for getting into the chat room, even the ones that complain each and every week. Because, you know, we give you free entertainment on a Saturday night. Forgive us our trespasses. I, I didn't put your microphones on yet. That's on me. No, you didn't. You're punished. There you go. One of these ones is you. Yeah. They moved, they moved yeah. those mics around, so you can't blame me for that one. I was going to say, you get what you pay for. And the other thing, too, is the, I, I don't know, I think the topic of tonight is going to kind of make make some weird things happen. I'm getting that feeling a little bit. Because for those of you who don't remember Heidi Hollis, she was one of the first people actually discussing shadow people in the paranormal. She was one of the first people actually exploring the origins of what these beings could be. And the last time we had her on, like, I saw shadow people after that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we had some weird stuff going on, especially tonight, because a little bit later on in the show, Andrew and Scott brought in an artifact from one of their investigations that they want to have Stephanie check out. Which I think that you might already be affected by. So you think this is already Mm -hmm. having an impact? I do. So things could get really weird tonight. This should be good. Or it's already weird. Well, it's always weird, but it might get (laughs) even weirder. And speaking of weird, it's time to talk about weird. Let me just do this right. Hold on. There we go. Spooky South Coast presents The Week in Weird. With paranormal news correspondent Melody Knapp. Mm. 
Good evening, Melody. How are you? Good evening. I am well. I am well. How are you guys doing? Oh, we are spectacular. Good to have you back. It is so good to be back. I missed you all dearly. So but you, had, you had to make that money. We understand. Yeah, and I wasn't able to get the days off. All right, so let's jump right into it. What do you have for us this week? All right, it's uh, it's very interesting. You actually just brought up shadow people, as my first article is actually related to that. Um, the Hat Man, which is more than just a shadow person, which was originally brought to us by WeCanWeird.com. Um, there's no shortage of specific supernatural phenomenon researched by paranormal investigators. But on April 12, 2001, those familiar with Art Bell's popular radio show, Coast to Coast AM, mm-hmm. was the first documented mention of this new figure investigators would now begin focusing on, the hat man. His guest of the night... Wait, 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 I don't mean to interrupt you. Yep. What, what was that date again? April 12, 2001. Okay, all right, go ahead. Yep. Um... His guest of the night, Thunderstrikes, who's the First Nation elder, teacher, and co-founder, uh, co- excuse me, co-founder of the Deer Tribe Medis- Medicine uh, Society, was discussing shadow people when they began noticing the alarming amount of experiences with this new so-called hat man, who was originally assumed to just be a shadow person. Um, the phenomenon seems to be centered around basements, and according to most who experience the manifestation and manifest in situations of intense negativity and family dysfunction. Uh, many believe this entity has been present with them since childhood if they do experience it. It also appears that if one person in the household has an experience, it is almost certain that shortly after that, another member of the family will have an experience as well. Uh, so very, very well, that actually fits exactly into what we're talking about tonight, because our guest, Heidi Hollis, is one of the people who is one of the foremost authorities on the hat man subject. Perfect. So, perfect, perfect. A little serendipity there. All right, what else do you have for us? All right, um, so to round this out tonight, I actually received an article from on name. Uh, thank you very much for participating. And it's actually about a two-year-old boy who believes he's reincarnated of Luke Eric. Um, and it was a story that was originally posted on People.com. So Kathy Bird, a realtor based out of California, believes her two-year-old son is the reincarnation of Luke Garrick. Although skeptical at first of her young son's claims, she was able to confirm the information he relayed to her via Google searches, radio and TV shows, books, and versus of Garrick's archive. This shocking revelation came when her son blurted out one day, Mommy, I used to be a tall baseball player. Of course, she responded to him with a good intention correction, saying, no, he will be a tall baseball player. Only to be met with his response was, no, I was a tall baseball player. Tall just like daddy. The boy is still too young to read and has not been exposed to any baseball information whatsoever, as his family does not follow the sport at all. And also, the boy has an unbelievable talent for baseball, even at the age of two. Coincidence or a connection? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we know somebody here locally who has been, uh, I've been trying to get her to come on for years, 
she has a child who is a reincarnated World War II fighter pilot. And or you know, this is this what the child has told them. And uh mm-hmm. and I've been trying to get her to, to bring him on for a couple of years now, but they're a little you know, they're a little shy about telling the story publicly. But it's you know, it's it's happened quite a bit. I know Stephanie, I'm sure you've heard stories like this from people too. Right. Where they can because you do a lot of readings for people, so you probably yeah. hear them. They might come to you looking to find out who their past, what their past life is, but I'm sure a lot of times people come into you kind of already having an idea of who they might have been. Yeah, I really try to stay away from the whole past life thing because opening well, up... Right, but I'm sure people talk about it with you. They do occasionally, but I try to avoid it if possible because opening up that can of worms opening opens up this whole mental, emotional can, uh, I, can of worms, I guess is the best way to describe it. That uh, would affect you in this life. And the other thing, too, is I don't know if you've noticed this melody, too, but a lot of people, when they talk about their past lives, it's it's always somebody famous. Isn't that interesting? I've always wondered, like, I think I, be- I believe I came across maybe two stories where, you know, one of them was a boy in Chicago who actually believed he was reincarnated from someone who died in the sh- Chicago fire, if you guys remember that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're, you're totally right, Tim. Majority of these reincarnation stories are of famous people. It's like every haunted place had George Washington sleep there at some point, you know, and <laughs> every person with a past life was once, uh, you know, Amelia Earhart or Abraham Lincoln or something. But I don't, I don't know. I'm <laughs> sure how many people can truly be reincarnated at the same time? Right. Exactly. I'm, I'm pretty sure that if I have past lives, I was probably like a dog people used to kick or something. Or, oh my God! Stop. Yeah. It. No, I was. I was something terrible. I was something pretty bad. I'm sure. This is, oh, no. you know how, you know how, like, uh, we've had guests in the past, like Richard Salva, who say that, you know, your past lives are supposed to be evolutions, and you're supposed mm-hmm. to be getting closer and closer to perfection the more you're evolved. I think I'm still in the very early stages. You are terrible. <laughs> I, oh, terrible. I think I've, I've slowly ro- risen my way up from, you know, just barely literate human type creature to where I am now. But think of all the potential I have. I got squished, and now you've worked your way up. Think of how much potential I have in front of me. I don't even know if I have words for you right now. All right, that's fine. Well, you yeah. got to come up with something because this is radio. I'm going to have to. So just to. the look won't work. <laughs> all right, well, thank you, Melody, very much. We look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you all, and I'll be uh, in and out of the chat and talk to you guys tonight. Awesome. Right. Have a good night. We do, we, do need, we do need to get Melody a little bit of a better audio line. Yeah, definitely. I guess if she's, if she's going to be part of the spooky crew, maybe I'll send her one of my headsets or something she can use. Does that help, do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Phone? I don't know, man. Phones are hit like or even miss. If, even if you're connected to the phone, would it make it any better, do you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you're talking directly into it instead of right, right. having the, the microphone pick it up. But I don't know. Phones are screwy. <clears throat> what we need is we need, we need investors who will <laughs> start putting in, like, serious money into the show so that we can have, you know, state-of-the-art equipment. We can just send it out to people. Like, oh, you're our guest. You're going to get a package from FedEx of all the audio equipment you need. Please send it back. That is super fancy. It'll never happen. No, I think we absolutely have a, not. We have a call on the line here. Let's okay. go to the phones. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hey, good evening. How are you? Not too bad. How about you? All right. It's on your mind. Good. I called you, uh, I don't know, a year or so ago, and I had questions about a house on uh, 195 over near the Watapa Reservoir. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gave me information on that one. Another one came to my attention today. Uh, house on uh, Elm Street in South Dartmouth. You heard of that one? No. Well, apparently it's uh, been on the market for like a thousand something days. Uh-oh. A thousand days, my wife tells me. 
4,000 days has been on the market. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> uh, somebody told me that there was a murder-suicide there. Uh, guy's wife was going to go fishing. I mean, I've, I've never heard anything about that at all. And how long ago would that have been, that murder-suicide? Uh, I think it's about... 2000, let's see. Oh. I'm not sure on the murder suicide, but it's been on the market for how, how many years? Since 2005, it's been on the market. Okay, so I mean, there's probably some uh, some uh, information in the Standard Times archives I can access on that. Uh, but the, I mean, it's not uncommon for a house though that had something like that happen for it to to sit and languish, but. But I remember not, not that, that house long, in, I uh, in Westport on 195. It had been vacant for many, many years since I was in high school. And the reason was was something like, like uh, the mortuary connected with it, I think he told me. Right. I, I don't think it was for sale for all that time, though. I think it was just it sat vacant because they weren't they, utilizing they it. They couldn't sell it for I think it was a matter of eventually, the, what they do? They bought, somebody bought it. It was a foreclosure. The house was originally, because I know the people that owned it, uh, it was bought as a foreclosure and used as a warehouse for a uh, funeral supply company. But where did, where did, uh, it eventually it's been torn down and yeah, a new house has yeah. been put up in its place? couple of different places are put up on it. I think they split the property. Yeah, because it was a bigger lot. Yeah. And so it looks like there's like two houses there now. So, but I mean, that's something that, you know, when you have an abandoned place or an empty place like that, legends pop up. Legends pop up about all the mills down in New Bedford that are sitting empty, about things going on in there. So that doesn't surprise me, but you would think... it was quite a legend, because when I was in high school, a few of the guys I was in in, in school with... They had an idea to go uh, camp out in the house for a night just to say that we, we, we had done it. Uh, when push came to shove, no, nobody was uh, really interested in going through with it. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the that's what ends up happening. But, we, you know, a house though that had a murder-suicide in it, somebody's going to bite on that if the price is right. I mean, somebody's going to say, I have no problem moving on, into a place like that. Market, sorry. I, I think it's on the market now for like 400000 Well, that's probably why it's sitting there. Is it, do you think it's worth it? What was the address again? Uh, it's on Elm Street, South Diamond. All right, I, I might take me a little. I'm, I'm going to give the address for you. It's uh, 548 Elm. I'm just going to do a quick search here and you know, see if I can pull it up. Oh, well, gee, it's <clears throat> it's not a bad looking not a bad looking property. Nope, not at all. Oh, that's 547. Was that what you said? 548 or 540? Oh, here's one. Yeah, here's one of the four four sale sign. Oh no, that's a nice house. The white one, you're saying? Uh, no, I think it was brown. No, uh, this one... Oh, that says the driveway, so... I got the wrong address. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. This I don't want to bore the radio audience with me looking at pictures, but, I mean, I can't imagine that that happening there would be what stains it for so long. I mean, it's probably just a matter of, you know, maybe they won't budge on the price, or maybe there's a septic issue. That happens quite a bit, and houses just sit there. So many years, though? I'm just guessing. Here it is. Four holes. 548 Elm. Yeah, it's a brown house. That's brown. That's the street view that you see. Um, oh, wait a minute. Another picture of it? We just pulled it up on ours in the Oh, one, one side of it's uh, got a white, white stripe on the first floor. <laughs> or maybe the, maybe the white's covered up by the bushes in the front. 
What we see over here is just a brown house with a with 547 attached to it. I'm looking right now. But 548 is next door, I believe. If I can get it to work. Um, 548 is the one. Let's see. The white one that has the for, the yeah. for sale sign. Um, if yep. you look at Zillow, which is right under 122 days on Zillow. Yeah, it'll tell you all the details you need to know. No, you're not sure when the murder-suicide occurred? Do you have a rough idea, rough decade? I wish I did. No, I don't. I mean, that's easy to find, it's too. I'm sure that, reliable that, was, uh, that would be documented. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they have to disclose that if they're trying to sell the house in Massachusetts anyways. So. That is true. That is true. Um, it, or you could just go back and look at the police records. Of the, no, right, you know. right. You can absolutely, I mean, you could, if it was fairly recent or at least within the last 10 years, you could find it right online. Um, but if not, you can, anything is public record. Yeah. You can walk into a police station and ask about it. But Same. you can talk to the realtor too, because the realtor has to disclose that information. If they know. Yeah, but if you do your, your homework, you know, um, now, because how far it, back do they have to go with that? I don't know. You know, it, it, I could understand anything within the past 50 years, but say a murder, like Lizzie Borden's. Would you well, have that's to, a different, that's a commercial property, so. Um, I jumped back in here after uh, trying to get our guest on the phone. Um, what, what, was, what was the issue? What's the question? How far back do they have to? Does a real estate agent have to disclose whether a murder or something? I don't think you have to disclose it in Massachusetts. I think you do have to. In do Massachusetts. you? Yeah. I thought you didn't have to. Mm-hmm. I thought if I thought it was a matter of if somebody asks, you can you have to tell them, but you don't have to include it in any of the information. I thought you had to. I only remember that because there was a house down the street from me that an elderly couple was killed in, and this was going back into the 90s. And I happened to talk to the person that had lived in it for a while. They've since sold it because it's like a little vacation-type property for most people. It's right on a pond. And they said that when they bought the house, again, this was probably early 2000s, they probably bought it, but they said that nobody told them about it. They found out about it later from the neighbors. So I know it wasn't disclosed to them. At the time. And it was pretty brutal, <laughs> the way these people were killed. So, I guess, eventually, it's going to come out if you if you live there and the neighbors are there. So, it probably behooves you to tell people ahead of time. Yeah, there's going to be a record somewhere. And avoid any issue. Well, there's always going to be a record. Right. Easy to find out. But that's why everybody should just do their own research anyway, if you're going to buy a place. You know? you know what's funny is every single time my friends go to buy a house, they always say, I refuse to sign the purchase and sale without you doing a walkthrough first. <laughs> Some people feel that way. Right. I mean, I've, I've told people before when they're like, oh, I'm thinking about buying a house. How can you tell if it's haunted? Well, the easiest thing to do is to ask people if they know yeah. if it's haunted. Absolutely. You know, talk to the neighbors. I know you're going to seem like the weirdo that walks up to the neighbors before you've even moved in and be like, hi, I'm Tim. I'm thinking about buying the house next door. Have you heard anything about ghosts in that house? Hey, you know what? That's how we get some of the best ghost stories. I know that's how Andy's gotten some of his best ghost stories, talking to the neighbors. So but you, you can also, you know, just look it up, see what ha- see what right. you can find. Do your research. It's super easy. There's there's this thing called Google that you can use. 
Well, uh, I was trying to get our guest uh, Heidi Hollis on the line. Hopefully, uh, she calls back. Take another call here. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hey, I just wanted to give you a bit of information about disclosure. There's actually a Massachusetts law on mm-hmm. that, and it's Massachusetts General Law, Chapter 93, Section 114, under the real estate disclosure. So they have to tell you in advance if they something happened there? They tell you at all. Okay. That's under Mass Law. So under Mass Law, they don't have to tell you? They do not. It's okay. not required. All right. So if if somebody asks, then can you... You know, if, it's refuse public, if it's public information, they can share it. If it's not public, they're not required to tell you. Okay. Well, I mean, is, is, are you a realtor at all? or I'm not. I okay. work in somewhat similar field. That's why this. I, I know that some of that information. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just curious because I'm wondering. I know that Massachusetts is a non-disclosure state for hauntings, but there are some states that do require you right. to report if you think that the house is haunted, which Correct. I've always some thought is kind of crazy. do require is some, let me correct that. Some states do require the realtor to disclose that if they know it. Uh, but Massachusetts, they're not required. Um, oh. They do not disclose that. So that's a loophole. Now, See, if nobody ever tells the realtor, then the realtor is not responsible, right? That's correct. Oh. That's correct. And most realtors, they don't really want to hear that stuff. <laughs> you know what I find, though? I find that when you're working on ghost TV shows and the house is for sale, and you're like, hey, can we get in there for a couple of nights? We'll pay you some money. You know, then they're like, yeah, fine, it's haunted. Yeah, if it's a couple of bucks, you never know. People, <laughs> exactly. people change. But, yeah, I figured only because you guys mentioned it, and it comes up all the time, to be honest with you. Uh, uh, you know, do they have to disclose? Or not? To, but that's the law that it fall, follows under, under the Mass General Laws, and that's what they, they stick by. They don't have to tell you. And under that law, it also talks about suicides and death and all kinds of strange things. Under that law, if you, hit, if you research that law, you'll get a lot more uh, insight. It's actually pretty interesting. It goes pretty, pretty in-depth. It is pretty interesting because you would think that, you know, you would, as a home buyer, you'd want to know all that stuff up front just for the fact that, you know, it, it, not even getting into the idea of hauntings, but just the fact that, you know, that could be something that people are, are coming to your house and gawking over. That could be something that people are, you know, like the people who bought, buy the Amityville house. You know, they have to deal with people showing up on their lawn all the time. So if you move into the house that has, you know, a famous South Coast murder happen in it, then people are going to start showing up and talking about it at some point. Yes, yes they will. Yes, they will. So. Um, I mean, it's all over the place. I mean, people pass away in houses all the time. Um, bad things happen in houses. We know that. I mean, we're, we all live local. We hear all the horror stories. Um, but, you know, sometimes they try to make things quietly go away, and then they can sell the house, and nobody knows. Well, I mean, I guess the good thing is, though, that, you know, we do have the opportunity now to research these things on our own and figure them out for ourselves. We do. We do. And uh, we certainly, uh, you know, they, they can try to hide it. But, again, as long as it's public, typically, if, uh, in my experience, if it's been a site of a murder or something horrific of that nature, some of that information not may not be accessible um, to the public to view because it's probably connected to reports that are not yet sanitized for public review. Um, but, as you said, the neighbors would know. Neighbors are a very well, good source of information. And if you want to shell out a couple of bucks, you can always go to diedinhouse.com, which does the, the work for you. So uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this website, but it, it, it gained some popularity a couple of years ago where if you pay, it's looking at it right here, a single search is eleven ninety nine. So for 12 bucks, you can find out not only if somebody died in your house, 
You can find out if there was a registered sex offender near the house. You can find out if there's been any floods or any property damage. You can find out if there was any fire related to the house. And you can also find out if there was ever a meth lab in the house. Hey, All those are important to know, by the way. So it's very it's very worthwhile for eleven ninety nine to find out if there's ever a meth lab in your house because I would actually see if I could do a reverse search and find the houses where the meth labs were <laughs> so that I would feel not so bad about anything that I didn't do to keep up with it because I could be like, hey, at least it's on a meth lab. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, thank but you. But anyways, I'm, uh, I enjoy the show, so I'm going to keep listening, but uh, just wanted to give you that information that I've tripped across in the course of my career. All right. Awesome. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And uh, that, the other question that I would have, too, about the, the meth lab is, did they leave any behind in case I fall behind in my mortgage? Maybe I could go Walter White. I can't even deal with you. But you never know. Stuff like that causes hauntings. I've been to places. <laughs> or at least that seeing things. That, uh, that leave behind some interesting spirits. I've been there with people that are in this room. <laughs> Well, why don't we uh, discuss that a little bit here? Okay. Uh, because uh, we are going to try and get our guest on the phone, uh, Heidi Hollis. And uh, I guess the number that I had for her in the press information was, was bad. So we're going to try and see if we can get a hold of her. And, Andrew, why don't you, if you want, you can come and take my microphone if you want. Or take my seat. Or yeah, either we'll, way. We'll kick out Moni's. We won't miss him anyways. <laughs> Okay, I'm on. All right. So uh, give us a little bit of background on uh, on what, on this entire story. Well, uh, I got uh, contacted by a guy who lives um, in my town of Greenville, Rhode Island. And uh, he told me that uh, he had found my website and um, uh, liked it for the fact that I didn't look like I was trying to get on a TV show because he didn't want any publicity whatsoever. So he told me the uh, that his family has owned a house in uh, North Providence, um, for over 30 years, and the family, uh, being the Catholics that they are, just would not accept the fact that this house was weird. They openly admitted that for 30-some years they've been denying the uh, the weird activity in the house, but recently have uh, come to the conclusion that the house has to be haunted despite their belief system and uh, wanted me to look into it. So uh, how did that go? I know we talked a little bit about you going how many times have you been to the house? What happened? Well, I, I went for an interview with the um, the homeowner, the, uh, the the mother of the uh, mm-hmm. the guy I talked to, and I found them to be very down to earth, real people. Which there was is awesome. There was nothing about them that suggested they were looking for attention, and they certainly weren't enjoying this uh, this saga in their life uh, to the point where they they now would like to to, to part with the property, but um, curiosity has gotten the the, the better of them uh, because of the last tenant that was in there. Um, who had commented twice, he was there for less than a month, and he commented twice that, um, you know, I think that house is haunted. And the family rule of thumb is uh, don't ever talk about it. So they just kind of dismissed mm. it. But um, uh, something occurred at the house that was rather upsetting. Uh, the house is now vacant, and the family won't even go near it. The mother literally will not enter the house ever again. And the son, who's, you know, my age, he's a pretty rugged, blue-collar guy, mm-hmm. he's now confess that he will not go in the house unless it's daytime and he has other people with him. Wow. Um, I've been in the house. It is extremely uncomfortable. It, it isn't just because they set my mind up to it before I entered the house. The house is very, very creepy. Well, I can say for sure I've been working with you for, what, at least six years now? E- easily, And yeah. 
I have walked in places where I've wanted to run out the door, and you stand there absolutely cool as a cucumber. Nothing really ever bothers you. So for you to tell me that this is kind of yeah. shaking you up a little bit, well, my that's my, return, my return visit, um, uh, Scott Beeman, who's with us, um, Scott had asked me um, after taking a tour of Haunted mm-hmm. Rhode Island with me. He said, "Hey, if you ever have a case, could could I tag along?" And and I thought about this case. I just wouldn't go in this house and spend a night by myself. I have to admit it. The place is that yeah. spooky. And I figured, you know, you know, Scott seems pretty level-headed. I'll call him up, and he he drove all the way from the Wareham area, and uh, Scott agrees the house just was very uncomfortable. And at around one o'clock in the morning, on that vigil, we did clearly hear somebody walking through the downstairs. Mm-hmm. We definitely heard it. Um, so far, we haven't found any anomalies in our uh, in our photographs, but the house has um, recently been been tainted. And I brought something from the house that's connected to the last person who was in there. Um, and I was hoping that maybe you could pick up on something on it. Right. So it's been sitting in a bag under her chair, <laughs> under my chair for a while now. So that that was fun. Um, Tim, what do you? What's going on? What's the status? We uh, we will be joined by Heidi Hollis in the next hour. In the next hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So you want me to, to tell you about the weird stuff under my chair? Yes. Let's let's get right into that good stuff. So. I can't see what it is. I tried to look in the bag and I can't right. figure out. It's it's, it's in two it's bags. Un, it's unusual so, to bring somebody this kind of um, What I originally said to you was, is it connected to the house? You said. Yes. Yes. Is it hair? Yes. That's disgusting. Okay. Um, the feeling that I got, I'm, I'll tell you at least as much as I can. I told you I'm a little off my A-game tonight because my house has been hit by the flu. Yeah. So um, that was lovely timing. But you walked in and I could feel it almost walk across my back like, as you as you sat down. Um, it is not a nice feeling whatsoever. Um, and I watched people's personalities start to change as soon as you brought it in the room. Um, what I picked up on was an extremely angry man, almost with a... Um, It reminds me, and you'll understand what I'm saying, and then we'll have to explain afterwards, but almost that, that crazy factor, the same crazy factor that we came across in the yard of the house in Situate that we went to. Um, I would probably go as far as to say like a mental illness, like just not all there, just totally off the rocker. Um, very, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to choose my words carefully so I don't set anybody off, but um just just blurt out whatever you're feeling. Don't even worry about that. It, I'm also trying not to swear, too. That doesn't help anybody. I got the, um, I got the dumb <laughs> button right here. No, just really, just <laughs> oh, say whatever pops here. in your head. Don't don't try to filter it, too. All it keeps, don't, restrict, don't restrict the gift coming through because uh, you're worried about being on the air. All I keep saying is this guy just sitting here rubbing his hands together, and it's almost this murderous type of um, personality where he's just, he doesn't care at all. He just, he gets fixated on one thing, and then that's it. And he's taking care of business. So, um, but business to him is not what we would consider something normal. Um, I, I feel like there's a lot of bad things that have happened around him or caused by him. Um, whether it was something that he couldn't control or not, I'm not exactly sure. But yeah, Whoops. he seems like a nutbag. Yes. So far, what you're saying, it, it seems like this person was rather disturbed. Okay. All right. Um, he doesn't, I mean, is it his hair? Yes. Oh, God. Okay. Um, 
So you've been with me, you've worked with me enough now. You probably right. you probably know my movements, the way I talk, everything else probably better than anybody. Um, you know that when I come across something that's just disgusting or negative, it makes me feel sick to my stomach and I want to run out of there. That's, that's why the I, that's why I tried to warn you a little yeah. bit before we started. Um, I have been sitting here nauseous the entire time trying to fight off whatever that is because it's something that I don't want connected to me or following me um, or anywhere near me. So we might have to throw it outside once I'm done. But um, it he is just not not okay, not all right. Now, do you, are you certain that this energy is belonging to the person that hair belonged to? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay, because it does fit. I just wondered if there could have possibly been a second character involved in the story that nobody knows about. Okay. Right now, you brought me one connected to a certain person. Yes. If I went to the location, that would be a more accurate answer. But okay. as of right now, like... So working with psychometry, you're working with an object. If mm-hmm. if you were to hand me a piece of your hair, I'm not going to pick up on Moniz, even if he's your partner in crime, because it's your hair. Okay. So if that makes sense. Well, that's what, um, I, that's what I hoped. I hope that that's how it would work right. for you. So this is pertaining to just him, yeah. which is... And so far, you, you are skirting the issue about this character. Okay. Um, I keep trying to connect as much as I can, but without getting totally into whatever he is all about, because he is just a disgusting human being, just sitting there, just just enjoying being well, awful. What, what was really strange is before this uh, person um, left the house, mm-hmm. he had said twice to the relation who owns the house, yep. hey, is that house haunted? Because I keep seeing things and hearing things, and they just mm-hmm. blew it off. But the thing is, the family's told me they experience the same things themselves. Okay. And the other thing is, not one relationship has survived this house. Okay. Not one. Hmm. And I found out some other interesting things about the area. Uh, an historic society just recently, within a year, were digging for lost Quaker graves in the property and found them. A very old, spooky tree fell hmm. over onto an old, dilapidated barn, and that had to be removed. And at one point, when a tenant left which was a very good tenant. Mm. Again, their marriage broke up, and I was looking for a term. I was saying to the, the homeowner, hey, you know this dead-end street well. You've been here for a long time. You know if any of your tenants or a neighbor may have been messing with, and I couldn't find the word to use. Mm-hmm. I meant to say black magic, but yep. for some reason, my voice just spat out voodoo, mm. and the son and the daughter looked at each other and then looked at me and said, after the previous couple moved out when their relationship broke up, Hmm. Uh, they found a voodoo doll in the house. That's creepy. And she burned it. Okay. Uh, but they said the house has been weird for some time. But this recent tenant, who is no longer in the house, um, the way he left the house was rather um, unsettling. Okay. He definitely had issues. Yeah. Yep, I get that. Um... Family didn't know it. It was a bit of a shock. He must have been hiding these these issues rather well. In other words, they didn't see it in him. It was- well, that's what I was describing to yeah. you with the um, with the other character that we came across in Situate. Businessman, totally normal. He had a very impressive career. Yeah. This guy had a yeah. very clean-cut career. And behind closed doors was yes, like a totally different personality. Well, well I mean, we're, we're, we're not giving away any specifics here on the air that would lead to anybody figuring out who it is that you're talking about. Yeah. So... I mean, kind of just, what do you think it is? Even if it's an inkling. What, what he did to the yeah. house? What, what, what is this thing that you're kind of dancing around that you don't want to say? 
Well, I'm dancing around because... Or are you only picking up little bits of it enough so that you can't say? Right. I'm not talking okay. candidly because there are some things that I feel like I probably shouldn't say on air. Um, but I... Um, because you just never know who's... Would you say, from having this very personal object here, would you say he's still grounded? He's still around? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, very easy to pick up on. Um, if... If he were gone over to the other side, for lack of, of better terms, it would be a different connection and it would be um, more of a, when you leave that, that state and you pass over, it's different. Um, this is like still stuck in that energy of how he was as a human, you know, just, or alive. Um, just this crazy. Would you say he was responsible for his own end? Yeah. Okay. Because that's what the police determined. Yep. He um, he took his life in the cellar. Right. They found him four days later. Oh, God. And it was awful gruesome. The The old lady who owns the house, her first thought was, who hung a Halloween mannequin up in the, the basement? Awesome. And her son said he had to drag her up the stairway screaming. I'm sure. Um, it was a shock to find out that he was living this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But it was also, they weren't too sure if maybe somebody else helped him with his demise. Um, police say no. They said it was at his own hands. But... Activity in the house um, has involved lights being turned on in the daytime, and they even called the cops to do a walk through the house. Right. The light that was on upstairs was off by the time the police went in the house, mm -hmm. and the light they found on that they knew was off was the light right where he killed himself. Okay. So the family is worried that he's become one of the, the latest inhabitants of this haunted house. For 30 years, they've been going, no, no, that, that, that yeah. shadow was nothing, that voice was nothing, but... Um, Scott will tell you that, you know, it, the house is just, it's just not a comfortable vibe. I, I'm glad he was this, there. This under my chair is not comfortable. Yeah. Um, at all. That's definitely something I don't and, want to And just in. to be clear, you know, so that everybody mm. understands, she had no idea beforehand. No. Nothing. Nothing. The only conversations that were actually had about whether or not we should do this was you asking me. I never even called and asked her. I wanted to go through you because I wanted to keep her as separate as I could. Right. Because, and obviously, you know, if you called her and spoke to her, she might pick up on some of the things just coming from you. You yeah. know what I mean? And so you would ask me, and I said, sure. And there was something that we weren't going to do on air originally. Right. You would ask if, you know, we yeah. thought it would be a good idea to mm -hmm. do on air. And... I know you were a little hesitant to do it on air because, you know, if Andy's calling you for something, it's probably not going to be, you know... A good thing. It's not going to be sunshine and rainbows <laughs> yeah. and yeah. lollipops everywhere. Is. It never is. He, he apparently ceremoniously removed that hair just before he, he hung himself. It was... He took a mirror into the so, room and Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Is we, I really feel like there's this... Do I have time? We have about two minutes. All right. Yeah. Um, there's a balloon connection attached to this, and I don't know where the balloons come in, um, but at the same time, I keep feeling like there's... I, I felt the dark magic thing before, but I just feel like it was almost like a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like ritualistic type. Ceremonial? Satan I found, I found some fresh <laughs> markings right near where he died. There were okay. two, two SWAT stickers, two okay. pentagrams, and yeah. a uh, very um, kind of like Blair Witch looking yeah. configuration That's that, we're, that we like. knew. But what would you call that? Like. Worshipping Satan. I, 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 well, the, they, you... the pentagrams weren't upside down. They were pointing up. So. It doesn't necessarily mean much. But... Yeah. It just, um, means he, just means he wasn't good at it. Doing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andy, we have about a minute left. Sure. Do you want to show the object to the camera? Uh, Do you want to touch it? You already did, right? It's Yeah, I had to. Uh, Scott also had to. He helped me out. But it's basically this camera here. 
I'll let Matt will tell you. He's yeah. He's the master director. Oh. He knows. So that is the, the other creepy thing was um, they could they found nothing near the body that he could have used to cut the hair off. That's what made me wonder about it. Like, how do you cut your hair off, but yet they don't find scissors or a razor? Anywhere no, that near is the pretty body. bizarre. Um, That's why I wondered if he had uh, somebody with the same habit in the house with him, and maybe it started off together and somebody left. But well, either that or he did it, ditched the scissors somewhere, God knows where. If it was he was dealing with ritualistic stuff, he could have gone out in the backyard, buried it, and then taken the hair with him, or he could have saved it from a haircut. Um, oh yeah, it's just the whole thing. The whole thing is bizarre. But the light switching on does seem to be him yes. trying to get attention. Yep. All right, well, um, we're going to take a break. Yeah, we have sure. More of the news. Sure. Thanks so much. Back Steph. on the other side, we will talk with Heidi Hollis about shadow people, and you can call in during the show five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. We will be back in just a few moments with more here on Spooky South Coast. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. I tried not to start this one off as such an angry boy as I did last hour. You were you were a little angry. So you, you think it was that I object that was affecting me? I absolutely do. Because I didn't I didn't know what it was. He didn't tell me anything about it. Um. Yeah. After he told me what it was, or confirmed after I told him what it was, that was fun. So I I'm just want to let you know, like I had nothing, no idea what it was at all. That was had, oh, the way I wanted to keep it. I keep trying to go live on Facebook. It's not working. Sorry, everyone. Um, had you known what it was... You're just splitting our audience anyway. I'm sorry. Um, had you known what the object was, would you have allowed it in? Yeah. I don't know. I still would have. Yeah? As sure. creepy as that was? Well, but for the audience, it's, it was you know something important to see and something to hear, so... Ugh. That was, uh, that was a first. Human hair. I'm sure it won't be the last. No. You know, Andy. You never know what he's going to bring for you. All right, well, why don't we get right into the discussion with our guest tonight. Uh, oh, whoops, I just hit the wrong button. That's what I did. <laughs> just kidding. I just I always just fire things off randomly, but I had it potted down so nobody heard me fire it off randomly. I could have gotten <laughs> away with it. Heidi Hollis is a truth seeker of the unknown. She's the world's foremost expert on shadow people and the hat man phenomena and actually gave them both their descriptive names in her best-selling books, The Secret War, A True Story About a Real Alien War, and Shadow People, and The Hat Man, The True Story of Evil Encounters. So she's also a lively talk show host. She has her own show called The Outlander, and uh, as well as uh, some other things that she's involved with. And her paranormal comic strip is called The Outlanders as well. And she joins us now for the first time in like over a decade. Heidi, thank you for joining us. Oh, how about I put you on the air first? Great to be here. <laughs> and I was saying at the beginning of the show that the last time we had you on, I think it was 2007 or 2008, and the night we had you on, I had lost my voice. And sure enough, <laughs> as this week went on... <laughs> I started feeling I was losing my voice. Can we blame this on shadow people? Uh, sure, let's do it. All right, we can do that for sure. But like I said, it's it's been a long time since we've talked to you, and, and, and back then we were just kind of at the beginnings of people discussing this phenomena. A lot has changed in shadow people research over the past decade. Uh, yeah, it, it, it has. Uh, other people kind of 
looking into the topic now, not giving a whole lot of credit, but it's always funny that I, I run into a lot of people who are like, well, it, it, it started somewhere. I'm like, yeah, it did. And it's like, well, but I read this other book on it. I'm like, did they put my name in it? Nope. <laughs> it's just weird. But that's Very kind strange. of the, that's the way it goes, though, is, you know, when you contribute it something is. to the paranormal yeah. world, it just becomes part of the accepted paranormal world. And we don't give credit. I mean, I, I <laughs> say things all the time that people steal and never give me credit for, and I just... Let it go. But it's a whole freaking name, a couple of them, Hat Man and Shadow People. And it's like, how can you write a whole book and not say where it came from? It's just, it, I just find it so bizarre. I really do. I mean, it's like there there comes a, a time, you know, in the beginning, I'm like, eh, whatever. But then I'm like, hold on. There's like whole, like, groups and phenomena and movies and and there's just no reference to it. And I'm like, wow, that's, but it's all my, a lot of it is, is borrowed material, too. And I'm like, that is weird. I could never do such a thing. Right. It's just bizarre. But, I mean, it was something, too, like, even back then, I think really the only show on when we first started talking to you was Ghost Hunters. Uh, maybe Ghost Adventures were just starting out, but Shadow People wasn't something that they talked about in their research, and it wasn't something that was popping up in a lot of, uh, you know, investigators talking about either. So it's something that pretty quickly became part of the paranormal vernacular. You know, I, I wrote the book in 97 and uh, spoke of it uh, for the first time, I believe, in '01. And uh, right away, I've been slammed ever since with hundreds of thousands of, of emails and stories from all over the world. It it seemed to take off right away, and uh, it seemed to be a little bit slower for, like, you know, paranormal researchers and ghost hunters and, and whatnot to come to the realization that it was a whole other phenomenon versus ghosts. I, I got a lot of people saying, oh, those are just the shadows of ghosts. I'm like, wait till you meet one, and then get back to me. And sure enough, they would. And uh, and then, you know, I always related these things as being uh, connected to aliens. And sure enough, where's the research going? In that direction, I'm like, you know, that, that's always been part of uh, my vocabulary, speaking of these things. So it's, you know, it, it seems like to others that it's been slowly catching, but, I mean, I've been at this for a very long time. And uh, <laughs> I'm just like... It, it's been 20 years, over 20 years, you know. I'm like, this is a, I, I, I don't understand exactly um, how some folks who are really into the paranormal have not bumped into it. But there, I still get emails there almost every week saying, I thought it was only one that experienced this. You know, it's it's kind of fascinating to me. It's, it's, I'm, I'm enjoying the, the progress. Well, <laughs> you said that the... the the research seems to be going in the way that shadow people are extraterrestrial beings. Is that, that's what you're seeing? Because I've seen it go, you know, kind of more in, um, I mean, for the most part, I think a lot of, I, I talk mostly to ghost researchers more than anything. So a lot of ghost researchers are willing to accept them as being some sort of ghostly figure. But I see a lot of folks also considering them to be some kind of a trans-dimensional being as well. You're seeing them as something being extraterrestrial. And I, I know that we've talked about that with you in the past because you've had experiences and and so you're a little bit more connected into the ET world than, than I might be, but you're seeing that kind of being the way that things have been going? Uh, well, you know, when we talk about interdimensional and aliens, I mean, they're kind of go hand in hand. So uh, <laughs> they they are definitely uh, one and of the of the same. And when it comes to, you know, being, being of a ghostly matter, I mean, because they have uh, the ability to walk through walls, they're, they're kind of shadowy in appearance. Uh, you know, so yeah, paranormal uh, enthusiasts can stake a claim to it in that regard too. But 
a lot of the folks that are experiencing these things also describe seeing uh, aliens right alongside of them, having similar technology. They're paralyzed and not able to do things. They're being violated, uh, whether it's raped, uh, being examined from the inside out, looking at their thoughts, their brain. Um, it, it, it's it's uh, there's a lot of things that that go hand in hand uh, that that. I think that experiencers are able to draw a clear connection versus those who are studying it sometimes. Uh, for myself, I had seen a bunch of gray aliens in my apartment. Next day, shadow people. What mm-hmm. What on earth? You know, <laughs> just, I couldn't understand what it was I was experiencing, what the connection was with that. And, you know, then to go on and, and have other experiences with other types of alien beings and then find that these shadowy things were actually what was behind, what was the connection among all of these different alien beings. Um, you know, what's written up in the Bible, too, as being, uh, you know, darkness that could take on any shape or form, shadowy uh, type of entities are, are also able to do that. Their intentions are the same as what's written of in, in ancient texts of evil spirits. I think these are, again, one and the same. I think that different titles get slapped onto something that just are without a clear definition, but I think they fall into a lot of definitions of being demonic, alien, uh, interdimensional, uh, invasive, and uh, just absolutely disgusting in what it is that they're doing to people. Because when we had Jordan for the first time, uh, I had never experienced a shadow person. I had my first shadow person encounter the very same night that we talked to you. Uh, as I was yeah, driving that's, home, that's typical. I saw yeah, something or not. walking down the street uh, as I pulled into my driveway. You know, I got out of my car and I happened to look down the street and I saw, you know, this this dark shadowy figure. Could have been a person. You know, the the way that it was could have been a person. So I was, you know, okay, whatever. You know, just kind of a weird coincidence, whatever. And then, you know, in the course of a couple of paranormal investigations, I had very profound shadow people experiences. Moniz, uh, my co-host Matt Moniz, and I chased one in the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast basement for the better part of an hour. And then I had another experience at the Houghton Mansion uh, in, in North Adams, Massachusetts, where one of these shadow figures actually came down a hallway and shook my hand, like literally took my hand into its and, and, and shook it up and down. So, and, and thankfully I haven't had any aliens in my life yet because uh, I probably wouldn't be here talking to you if that had happened. I'd be like, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that there's a lot of people that work in the ghostly world that are encountering these that, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't think are having the same extraterrestrial experiences. Is it possible that there are two different types of shadow people, that not every shadow person is related to the to the ET phenomenon? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Just to be honest, I don't think so. These things are, uh, they're attracted to negative uh, areas they're they're attacked to, uh, how can i say they are the reason that a place is haunted they are kind of the what holds different spirits in different areas in different locations uh almost every haunting that's out there i'm positive you'll come across a shadow person at some point and they'll be at the root of what's holding the spirits there so it's they are the the, the puppet master let's put it that way they are the ones that uh, if you get EVPs of a, of a voice saying, he's coming, and they seem scared of something, that is what they're speaking of. And, uh, you know, I'm curious with your experience when you talked about uh, seeing this shadow person walking down the road. It's very common. Mm-hmm. But right after speaking of them, they'll show up. Uh, friends, family, coworkers, 
these things are paying attention. Now, when you say walking down the road, are you talking about the hat man? Are you talking about it looked very much like a person? This was just a, a, a person, the shape of a person. And, and like I said, you know, it could have been somebody walking in between the streetlights. You know, generally I get home from the show, you know, between 1 and 3 in the morning. And it's it's not uncommon for somebody to be walking around my neighborhood at that time. So it's, it's entirely mm-hmm. possible it was at a distance. But to see them as close up as I have since then, to, I mean, to literally, at one point at this Houghton Mansion investigation, Heidi, we're standing in this, in this hallway, and, and it's a very small hallway, maybe about a, a four-foot space uh, between walls. And we had a group of people lined up against one wall, a group of people lined up against another, and we watched a procession of shadow people walk in front of us. And it was it was in a Masonic lodge, so it was as if they were carrying out this, you know, maybe some sort of residual energy carrying out this um, ceremony. But what was interesting is I actually yelled to the person uh, who was across from me, Alicia, and I said, "Alicia, are you seeing this?" And as soon as I said that, one of the figures actually turned its head and looked at me. So I knew that it knew that we were there, and I was acknowledging that we were there. So it was just very strange. And, that, and again, that was the same night that a little bit later on, one shook my hand. So that was. Yeah. You know, and you're saying that these extraterrestrial beings, these or these shadow people, are the root cause of hauntings. That's very interesting to me because, what I mean, I know you're speculating here with this, but why would you think that they would want to do such a thing? Oh, that, it's it's from experience and from uh, actually interactions with non-human being that uh, passed along this information before oh. shadow people were known as a thing. So it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, they, they and told and more you, than uh, they told okay. you that they're that they're responsible for hauntings. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and did they give a reason as to why they would want people to believe in ghosts? Not to believe in ghosts. They weren't looking to create that kind of a uh, interest where these these spirits were outright, you know, uh, I guess being a point of interest for ghost hunting or anything like that. It's just something that these beings do. I mean, uh, imagine you know people talk about these. Near-death experiences, they pass over, they cross over, they see a, a bright light, but instead they're seeing something dark, and it, and it yanks them from the light, and it holds them hostage, and it feeds off from their pain, their agony, being stuck in a, in a location, uh, festering, and, and seeing life go on around them that they can't participate in. These things feed off from horror. They feed off from agony. They feed off from all of those different emotions, and uh, so this is just something they do. Uh, that people are actually experiencing and seeing these pe- these spirits caught, that's a whole other ball game. But, you know, if something negative happened in a location, the shadow people are oftentimes uh, connected and pulled to that, that vortex of negative energy, and they pull more people into it. So they're they're kind of powering up this haunting, but in a way they're also feeding off the emotion that comes from it. Sure are. So when we're going in there, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with some of the devices that people use for paranormal research and investigation, yeah. but they have all these EMF detectors and all this stuff. Is is it possible that instead of actually picking up the energy of the spirit, we could be picking up the energy of the shadow people? Oh, definitely. That's a, a very, very strong possibility. And, you know, I want to also be clear with something between the shadow people and the hat man phenomenon. When I first presented the hat man, I, I call him the hat man shadow. He is a different phenomenon on his own. He can be seen next to shadow people. He works with them, but he himself is a, a much more powerful entity. Well, and, um, let's get into that because, because you, you have had experiences with the hat man. I have, I have. Um, and you know, it, 
he wears clothing. People see him in a trench coat, a cape, uh, uh, different kinds of hats, top hats, sometimes no hat. His presence is one of absolute horror and fear of losing one's soul. Um, His eyes, if you see his eyes, if you see his skin, I should say, you'll see solid black eyes. If you don't, uh, and sometimes still if you do see his skin, uh, you'll see glowing red eyes. Uh, He is very, very distinctive. He can stand out from darker shadows where he'll seem very much like a shadow himself, but he is a very physical being, and he's very tall. When he comes into your room, he often has to crouch down because he is hitting the ceiling. He is a very physical thing. Now, shadow people, one of the things that they often do, they like to sit on people's chests and choke them, essentially. Um, They want to feed off the fear, and once you let go of that fear, they'll leave. There are shadow people that will not want to be seen and attack you because you saw them too well. Other times they'll scurry away. Uh, I, I think, you know, you're speaking of uh, these shadow people, a line of them following a procession of sorts. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, yes, that, you know, these could be ghosts that people are seeing. It looks very much like a person walking along doing something. Shadow people were never humans. They were never human spirits. They are uh, darkness itself. And they are puppeteers of a sort in uh, directing people to do wrong things. They're that whisper. They're that devil on your shoulder saying, go ahead, start a riot. Go ahead, throw a rock. Uh, they're, they're kind of a minion of a sort that works for more powerful negative entities out there, uh, Hatman being one of them. And, uh, you know, in calling something an alien, again, some, some of these aliens don't get around in ships. Some of them are very much um, more spiritual or, or dimensional being. So to say, you know, oh, alien flying around a ship, you know, I, I've met so many ghost hunters like, ah, oh, you're nuts thinking that aliens exist. I'm like, you're digging in graves. <laughs> What's this for, stranger? You know, uh, you know, I, I think that there, we have a lot more in common than we have differences. And I think that, uh, you know, people need to, uh, look to the, the similarities and, and build each other up instead of tearing each other down. And, and when it comes to anything out of the ordinary, I lived in a haunted house, but I had an uh, alien experience in that haunted house. Uh, I, I experienced holy encounters as well. So it's like, am I to ignore one because I saw more of the other? You know, I, I can only doubt my own senses to a certain extent. You know, I'm like, I know what I've experienced, and all I, the best that I could do is try to paint a picture in hopes of uh, relaying the, the topic as, as clear as and concise as possible. It, it seems like they're just so foreign, so opposite. It's like an alien, shadow people. We see them in haunted houses. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. It seems seems like it'd be a far leap and a far stretch, but honestly, when you've experienced a lot of these things, and and it, you feel like. What am I in a vortex? Why is everything funneling towards me? And it's not in the peace and quiet of my bedroom either. I'm, first shadow person I saw was broad daylight, walking along a, a path in a park and watching this big shadowy thing jumping behind trees following me and a friend. You know, it's like these things don't just, you know, sit in the dark and, and try to bug people. They come right out at you. And uh, same with the different alien beings. I mean, why are they so aware of if you could say, I, I, I'm I'm Christian and I'm not shy to say it, it's like, 
you have an alien come into your face and you say, in Jesus' name, get out of here, and they leave, and so do shadow people, and so do these other things, why are they able to recognize that? What's going on? I, I think things are a lot more clear-cut if you look at it kind of in black and white and seeing what category things fit into. I, I tell people you have to be able to close your eyes and feel what's in front of you instead of seeing with your eyes and judging. You really have to because uh, it doesn't. It's it's not that clear in being able to decipher uh, just because you know I'm in a castle that's haunted by something ghostly, and there goes something ghostly and black. It, it, these things run quite deep, and a lot of people who've experienced alien abductions, alien encounters, have experienced ghostly, poltergeist, shadow people, hat man, you know, and angelic. You know, what is this? Are, are we just are we possessed? <laughs> What's well, happening here? It's interesting that you mentioned feel because I know that in my experiences, <clears throat> being around shadow people, like shadow figures that I thought were something, you know, malevolent, and and as opposed to being around ghosts, you definitely there definitely is a different feel between the two different types of entities. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's nothing that I, I've been around ghosts. Ghosts are ghosts are nosy, if anything. Um, some of them could be boisterous. If they were a horrible person in the past life, they're not going to change uh, <laughs> suddenly because they became a ghost or whatever. Shadow people look through you, into you, come in your nightmares, leave marks, try to choke you out. And uh, Hatman is a rapist. He's, uh, he loves to scare children. He loves to go after kids. And he will also follow them year after year after year. Now, it's interesting to note, you know, people say, oh, I was so haunted and I moved and it followed me. That's shadow people. Ghosts don't generally do that. that are, there, there are attachments that, that some ghosts can be known to do, but I think they hide what they really are because uh, once they start scratching and, and doing different things, we're, it's a whole other ballgame. Well, one of the changes that we've had, Heidi, since the last time we've had you on this show many years ago is not to date, not to date all of us, but <laughs> <laughs> but we've added uh, another member of the Spooky Crew, and we have Stephanie Burke here, who is a, a psychic medium. And Stephanie, yeah. I know that you've encountered these these beings in the past. Do you feel as a psychic and as a medium? Do you feel something different when you're around one of these shadow people as you do around a ghost? So it, it depends, um, obviously, because I see it differently than most people do. Um, do I see spirits regularly that look? Like different shades of shadows, yes, is that's but that's completely different than the shadow people that we're talking about here. Um, I'm listening obviously because it's a different perspective of what I've encountered or has never been explained to me or I've had to figure it out on my own. Um, but the the hat man stuff is freaking me out a little. Well, bit. that's the thing because I know you're terrified of aliens. So uh, that's, yep. That's, so <laughs> that's, I didn't tell her about that part, Heidi, when I told her what we were talking about. Not a secret. I, uh, I'm not totally comfortable with that subject matter. Um, but I have seen shadowy people, little shadowy man that has red eyes that's not very happy, that has a hat on, and I've seen that more than once. So I'm, I'm a little, mm. I don't really know how to take that right now, and I'd love to have your opinion on that. Uh, yeah. You know, I tell people if you've seen the hat man once, that's okay. If you've seen him more than once, I, I'd be a little bit more concerned because he is familiar with you then and he may make a habit of coming back because 
if he keeps looking your way, there's something of interest there that he wants. And uh, he'll threaten you. He'll do what it takes to try to get you to essentially bend to his will, unfortunately. And uh, when he has introduced himself, he has said his name is Scratch, which is an old Norse term for the devil. He is horrible. And God forbid you see him smile because they have the most jagged, horrible teeth you'll ever see. Uh, you'll think he could eat you alive. And uh, what's highly, highly disturbing is his pattern of going after children, starting young, starting very young, to condition these kids to allow his presence to be near. And they feel sometimes like he's a guardian of sorts, but then he'll do something scary. And it, it, it begins to terrify them to an extent where, you know, this fear uh, for their, their souls builds up. And where does that pattern sound familiar is the Slender Man, the, the creepypasta fantasy. And, and that, that's something that I want character. to ask you about because, you know, by all accounts, I mean, Slender Man is a completely fabricated story. We know the person that made up the story. We know where it first showed up. We know we can trace it back to it just being the creation of a, of a, of a person, but yet something else has taken that and, and, and ran with it. Some other type of, of, of intelligence, some other type of entity has taken the Slender Man idea and, and used it to its own benefit. Is, is it the Hat Man? Has the Hat Man adopted Slender Man as its, as its modern day form? Is it, is its, you know, more recent form? No, I mean, when was Slender Man uh, created? In 2009? Right, but Batman people report going... seeing him now, though. Well, that's that's the thing. It's uh, It's been the Hat Man all along. I, I I believe potentially the person who came up with the Slender Man concept may have experienced the Hat Man at some point in their life and, you know, made it to be this, this creepy character on Creepypasta. But the Hat Man, I have reports of him going, dating back quite, quite far. He has been... Uh, Following some people who've written me for forty years, he is—he's uh, truly a power to be reckoned with. And and I, like I said, I still get emails saying I thought I was the only one. Do you know what he did to me when I was three years old? I mean, it's—it's it's an ongoing phenomenon. I'll tell you a quick story. I, I'm an occupational therapist, uh, which is similar to being a physical therapist, but I work with the upper body more. And um, I took on a, a, a student. And the student was there to, to observe. And it's an older student. She was in her 40s. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, people start to inquire, you know, oh, what do you write books about? And and she asked me, and, and I told her. And you would have thought that you know, she'd seen a ghost. And she said, I'm going to tell you a story. She said, I was three years old. And there was a fork on the floor. And then there was an outlet next to it. I looked at the fork. I looked at the outlet. I knew my mom had told me, don't you dare stick anything into an outlet. And all of a sudden, standing in front of her was this very tall man, and he bent all the way down to within a couple of inches of her face. And he looked at the fork, and he looked at the outlet, and he said, go ahead, stick it in. I mean, mm. to encourage a child of three to commit suicide, that is how low this creature will go. He is a very old, old creature. He is not something that somebody discovered in 2009. <laughs> but still, I mean, it's possible, I would think. I mean, and, I, and I've argued this point with my co-host, Matt Moniz, tons of times. But I think that there's always some sort of a, a boogeyman that preys upon yeah. people. And, and, and I'm not talking about, like, 
you know, we create a boogeyman. I'm talking about I think there's some sort of malevolent force out there that we can use the term boogeyman for all intents and purposes that finds a way to adapt itself to whatever people are afraid of. And so I've argued with him for years that I think, you know, aliens aren't extraterrestrial beings. They're probably just the modern boogeyman. The archetype. <laughs> right. And that, you know, th- this is what we're dealing with. you in, in believing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, this is what he tells me all the time when uh, when I argue with him. He tells me the same thing. So, But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's possible that if you want to get at people and scare people, then you find what scares them. And so if you can utilize something to your advantage, then why not do it? You know, when a kid tells me, oh, I watched Nightmare on Elm Street movies and I had a bunch of nightmares about Freddy Krueger after that, you know, my first thought is, well, it's because you watch the movies. But then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, but maybe something else is trying to get to you and realize that by watching those movies, you became afraid of that that character and you became afraid of that villain and, and decided to use it to its advantage. Oh, there's so much I want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, hey, okay. go right ahead. All Educate right, me. so this is this is fascinating. So, um, when it comes to the Slender Man, just to just to show how uh, much the Hat Man pays attention to what's going on. So, just before I published the book on the Hat Man, I was, was literally I was weeks away from publishing the thing, and I'm telling I, I was a traveling therapist. I, I went to this facility, and and a couple of therapists, you know, talking among themselves. So, what is it that you write on? I tell them. Fifteen minutes later, one of the therapists had to go and get a patient, brought the patient down to walk within the parallel bars, and heard the therapist screaming, asking for me to come out to see the patient, and what is the patient doing? Pointing at the mirror, saying, who is this man talking to me with an accent in the mirror? And I'm like, he described the man in a three-piece suit, and I'm like, oh, great. I'm like, sir, is he wearing a hat? And he's like, yes, I knew you could see him. He's right there. Now he's behind you. And I'm like, holy smokes. You know, it, it's it, he was that close. He was that near. He was that listening. He's a very, very active uh, entity. So when you spoke of seeing somebody walking along the street, that sounds like something the hat man would do, shadow being. Uh, he could look shadowy walking along that's that's something he would do because he's listening he he listens now this is a, another fascinating fact when it comes to slender man um i published my book uh, okay first off in may 31st 2014 that's when the slender man stabbing occurred i had published my ebook version of the hat man uh, may 12th 2014 the stabbing happened within a 20-minute drive of where I grew up. Is that a coincidence? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it a coincidence that uh, Morgan, after Anissa, these are the two girls that committed the Slender Man stabbing, uh, Anissa introduced Morgan to the creepypasta, and when she saw the image, she said, oh, my God, I dreamt of him. He came to, to me in my dreams before. And I'm like, who does that? That's that's the hat man. Hat man will come at kids, especially come in their dreams, come in their room, whatever it is. Yes, Morgan has been diagnosed now with schizophrenia, but I think oftentimes these people are very much in touch with the real world and real things that are going on. And I, I just I have a very hard time in the paranormal world and accepting things to be coincidences. Was he sending me a message? I think he may have been. Uh, he, he got into the heads of these 
12-year-olds who attack another 12-year-old within my neighborhood, essentially, right after I published this. He came at me twice within weeks of me publishing this book. I, I think it was a very, very clear message. And interesting enough to know this, I had not experienced him personally myself before that. He came, and he made himself very, very present. He came at me three times, actually, I should, should say. And I did get to squeeze it into the book at the end, which was uh, just, just absolutely mind-blowing. My only interactions that I had even close to experiencing him was uh, it was myself and my college roommate who were experiencing the shadow people and how I wrote the book, The Secret War, and uh, she had experienced the hat man. We assumed he was another shadow being, so I called him the hat man shadow. Well, I was wrong. He is not a shadow. He's not a shadow person, and uh, it, it, it kind of spiraled from that point on, and then my sister saw him in her basement. He was sitting in the back seat of her car. He started popping up around people that were close to me, and I, it took me years before I would admit and put out there what he was turning out to be because the emails were piling up and out of control. So, uh, yeah, I'm a Slender Man, I, I don't give a whole lot of uh, uh, credence to, you know, him being a real entity. It's, it's the Hat Man. It is the Hat Man showing up. Uh, people are confusing him, too, you know, because of creepypasta, but uh, Hat Man has a very distinctive style. So you think those girls, uh, what was it, in Wisconsin, you think they were being uh, affected no. by the Hat Man? Definitely. I mean, it's, I it's, think that I think that the the one was interested in it. In it, uh, uh, Anifa was interested in the in the creepypasta site. I think it spiraled out of control, and Morgan confirmed he is real because she had seen him uh, when she was quite quite young. Uh, I, I think that's what helped encourage it to go the way that it did. Well, I, I mean, I got to tell you, this is probably <clears throat> excuse me, probably terrorizing a lot of the people that are listening. Uh, so no, yeah. and Stephanie being one of them, where they're saying, like, <laughs> what what can I do if I encounter this hat man being? What can I do to defend myself against him? And I remember you had some ways that people could actually be able to, you know, kind of stave off an attack from the hat man. Oh, indeed. And, and you know, it's not just a possibility anymore that he may show up. It's a threat. He's looking for you. He's looking for me. He hates my guts, which I take as a compliment. It's okay. Um but he's, he's really seeking people out. And that i, I got to tell you this. My email, okay, I had one of the more popular uh, UFO websites out there when the Internet started going up. And uh, all my emails were alien, alien, abduction, this, this, and that. I posted something about shadow people. A hundred percent of my emails became shadow people. I put up the one image of Hatman later. 99.9% of my emails are Hatman now. It has changed out there. He is really on the prowl, and he's very active, and he has been for a very long time. It's just people are discovering this is this is a worldwide phenomenon. It's just, just not after me. My house isn't just haunted, you know. Um, and I think that's a mistake but, uh, a lot of people make is they think that, you know, oh, I see this ghostly, shadowy figure in a hat. It must have been somebody who died in my house, and they don't realize yeah. that there's a greater power at work. Oh, gosh. I've seen psychics on TV. You know, somebody's describing... Hatman to the T, glowing red eyes and all this stuff, and and the psychic goes, "Oh, that's Tom. Tom just wants his tie back." I'm like, "What the heck are you talking about? Right. He's a demon. He wants your soul." Oh my gosh, I, I see these things and I just cringe sometimes. 
But, uh, you know, I encourage people, one of the, the number one things I like to do on, on my radio show and, and, you know, just in general is to answer people's emails. And, uh, I encourage people to write me at dustoutlander at gmail.com. That's with a D or go to heidihollis.com and write me through my website. And I will answer, I'll answer, you know, if not by email on, on my show, um, share whatever, whatever it is that you've experienced. Um, I, I tell people who, it, it, just because you move into a new place, just because you live in a house or an apartment, doesn't matter. Or if you have a room in a house, you need to bless your space. Uh, it, it's it's about standing behind your faith and knowing that you can defend yourself and live in your home with it, at ease and in peace. And these things do like to come at you when your guard is down. If you were, uh, you know, essentially attacked straight on, you know, you might be able to fully defend yourself. But, no, they come like a thief in the night. That's because the human potential is a lot more than than I think uh, these things give us credit for. And people don't realize how extremely gifted spiritually humans are and that we are able to defend ourselves. So what I say a person needs to do, bless their home, every single corner. And I, I use uh, a necklace with a cross on it, and I use natural spring water. I, I don't use sage because I'm not native. That's, that's a Native American practice more than anything. And I've honestly found that not always to be very effective when it comes to these outright <laughs> evil hat man and shadow people. I don't know what they what why it's uh, it's not very effective as effective on with them. And uh, you know, it, it's very kind hearted that you know some of these these ghost hunters are spiritualists or, or, you know, even priests and pastors will say, oh, bless your home for you, I got this. It, it doesn't always stick because you're hiding behind their faith. You're hiding behind their words. Take it upon yourself. I, I use my cross. I, I, I get, uh, like, spring water that I've had sitting out for a couple hours in the sunlight, and uh, I go to each corner. I get my cross, and I splash in a sign of the cross, and I say a short prayer, like, uh, in Jesus' name, keep all negative things out of here. You know, uh, and, and I do it. And in between the, each corner, I get every corner in my closets, the cupboards, and I seal the door to that room with the same prayer. And I go to the next one. And I do the hallways, and the uh, the door to the home is the last thing that I'll do. And you do it to every level. And honestly, nothing will come in there. And uh, wear your cross necklace for a couple of days. I, I, I never take mine off because <laughs> of what I do. But... Um, it's effective. Yeah, you know, you're, you might start having nightmares because it's trying to find another way in at you. And if somebody dr- has it attached to them and they come into your home and it, and it gets into your house that way, just bless it again. It doesn't take that long, you know. And stand your stand your ground. Put your ethereal foot down, essentially. And it, it works. Have no doubt, too. And, and, and this is something important to note, too. I, I have so many people say, oh, I've got all the faith in the world. I... I say, oh, God, help me, this, this, and that. And and I'm like, well, great, but obviously something's lacking a bit that he's still digging at you. He sees a way in. There's a way in, and you got to find it, whatever it is through your faith. And uh, people are like, well, I don't know how to do that. And, and I've been talking about this for so long, and I'm like, well, how can I help people get their, their faith back? So I have theotherfword.com. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I have a book that I put out. I'm a cartoonist, and, and I put a book. 
I thought for kids to try to help build their faith up, you know, and real silly fun, you know, over 200 comics and over 200 pages. And, and I thought I would hear from kids. I only heard from adults saying, wow, thank you for doing this. So now I'm putting another book out called Simply the Other F Word. Um, and, and it's going to be out in a couple of months. And, and the, the kids book version is on the site too, the other F word.com and Heidi house.com. But, I'm like, people have got to get back to their faith, because if not, you're looking at something that is so outright evil, and if you don't believe in something positive, you might as well throw a shoe at it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's where we got into some controversy the last time you were on the show, was, you know, right. in, in, in Moni's, <laughs> uh, being somebody who has worked in ufology and specializing in abductee cases uh, for a long time. You know, you had said that uh, back then that if you actually invoke Jesus' name, you can help stave off some of these beings. Is that still something that holds true? Because if I remember right, you were saying that, you know, because all of these beings essentially serve God, that everybody kind of has to fall in line underneath them in that in that way. I, you know, it's worked for so many people I, across the globe. I, I, I think I was one of the first that started telling people to, to use that. I mean, it, why do they? Why do these beings recognize that? I, and I, I realize I have a lot of friends that you know are Muslim, they're Jewish, they have different beliefs. Oh, so there's people like, on this earth that don't even that doesn't even affect yeah. them any. So, well, I mean, it, hey, you know, it, uh, in all honesty, if there's something negative coming at you that could walk through the wall, <laughs> and they're feeding off your fear, which a lot of people have been abducted, also ex- express and explain that they feel like they're they're. They're giving me these scenarios of, of my child being killed as if they're trying to see how I'll react, and once I get over it, they leave. You know, it's like, it, it's a strangeness that, that they're, they're you know, working on these negative emotions, that they're, they're want to see what, what's, what's happening with that. It's like, well, hold on. It's like they, they are able to feel the effects of the spirit of a person. And if you're evoking something that they don't want, Perhaps that may repeal them, repel them to, to go. You know, it's like so. It's more that it's working. It to try, right? It's more that it's working for you than it is working against them. It's lifting you up in the fight against them, as opposed to just you know like throwing holy water on a vampire. It's it's more just you're gaining the the strength and you're gaining the confidence and you're eliminating that fear. And by removing that fear, well, they have nothing that's left. That's not what I'm saying because there is a, a if people don't have the faith to know that it's a bigger power. A higher power that created them, that's on them. But I'm saying the higher power is, is helping to shoo them out, and it helps to empower you as well, having faith and no doubt in that. But uh, I'm not saying in, for myself to give me the ego to kick them out. No. I'm talking about a higher power, period. All right. Fair enough. Well, we do have a question uh, from the <laughs> chat room. Uh, Gordon's been, uh, been been asking this question. I just I don't want to forget you had mentioned that you know it's not uncommon when talking about the hat man for somebody to have an encounter with him. He wants to know if publicizing the hat man is bad is is doing this research and talking about this all the time is it feeding more into him are you doing more good by letting people know about this situation and how they can combat it or are you really just helping to feed into you know making him stronger you know i i that's one of the reasons why i held off in putting out word about him because i mean i have thousands of reports of him and for years i'm taking him in and i'm like oh m g this is as bad as i thought and uh, I started reading these emails and hearing the, the pain, the suffering that was just, it, he was winning. He was winning these people. And it was getting downright disgusting. He's raping. He's not just 
sitting by, you know, he's, he's attacking, he's, he's isolating these people, they're suicidal, and, and he's going to the next generation. So he's, he's uh, molesting and raping you and beating you up and threatening your soul and telling you to kill people, kill yourself, and then your child spontaneously starts talking about the same thing. I'm like, he's growing anyhow. He was growing before I said anything. And uh, that's what encouraged me to help other people to branch out and reach out because with the isolation, I think he was growing more. I think that these people were being absolutely isolated and, uh, you know, put in, a, put in situations that, were, that was just making uh, the situation a whole lot worse. So I, I think in telling people there's a way out versus, hey, you want to meet him? This is what you do. I'm not telling people how to meet him. I'm telling people how to get rid of him, how to keep him away because he's growing to the point of, uh, you know, just it's just ex- exponential. It's, it's disgusting. It's horrible. So if you live in a house where you have ghostly activity, if, if you live in a house where you're seeing shadow people, I mean, should you expect that the hat man is lurking around, or does it mean that you don't necessarily have anything to fear until, you know, Big Bad shows up himself? <laughs> you know what? It, it doesn't mean he's, he's definitely going to show up, no. Um, sometimes shadow beings are, are just, you know, in, in the space. Yeah, that's, it doesn't mean that he's going to, you know, come and threaten your soul. Or but it also means he could show up without any of those other signs being around too, right? Oh, yeah. he'll just. Sometimes people are just, I, I, I had a patient tell me she was watching television. This guy with a hat and suit walked into through her door, walked in front of the TV, looked at her, tipped his hat, smiled, and walked through the wall. He, he could be that spontaneous, and he loves to tip his hat. I don't know. That's his way of saying hi. Hmm. I mean, I remember, you know, my first real haunting that I was involved in was my aunt and uncle's house. People who listen to the show... They've heard me talk about this before, and my aunt described seeing, you know, a, a shadow figure wearing a hat related to that haunting. So, I mean, I can speak from experience that, you know, I know people who have had to deal with this, but I, al- I always wonder, too, if the more that you start, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you are out there, you're talking about this all the time, but I think a, there's a lot of paranormal investigators, ghost hunters, UFO hunters, you know, whoever, whatever their field might be. I think the more they start looking into this too, the more susceptible they become to it. It's yeah. it's, it's going to be harder to, to to deal with. I mean, if all these people are looking into this and kind of giving it power, it's only going to grow exponentially, even more than it has. I, I think uh, seeking negative things helps all negative things grow. I, I think that uh, people are playing with fire. Oftentimes, I have so many people that write me saying, "How can I get this to happen?" I'm like, "I will never tell you." And why would you want that? You know, and everything is not doom and gloom. I, I think uh, it's important to note, I have six books out there. I only have two on these dark topics. The rest are, you know, one's on picture prayers. For, I had an angelic encounter. I have a book on Jesus encounters, my highest rated book, longest running number one book that, I, that I've written. And, uh, you know, all positive stuff, all I get asked about is this negative stuff. People are just loving it. And I'm like... You don't understand. You know, I'm hoping that by bringing it to people's attention is to beware, be wary, get your faith back, go there, you know, do this. Because, uh, uh, you know, everybody's looking, you know, I live in Chicago. Oh my gosh, you know, the, the, the murder rate, it's so evil. Oh, this has to end. You know, I'm like, there's a lot of evil in this world. People have to get back to the good, get back to their, their faith, 
And, uh, and I, I think creating a, a balance is so important. If you've got an interest or you believe that UFOs are out there, it, keep, you know, keep your feet on the ground, though, too. You know, do you have to? I thought for the longest time because I believed UFOs existed, I, I had to turn away from my faith. How silly of me, you know. Here I was experiencing these god-awful uh, things, shadow beings, and it was my faith that got me through it. So, uh, you know, I don't think people should be ashamed. You can create, uh, a, you know, a, a great balance and, and have beliefs and, you know, these odd things going on and keep your beliefs. Well, I'm I'm just gonna throw this out there real fast. Uh, I'm I'm working on a TV show right now, and and they're actually out filming the first episode this weekend, and mm-hmm. they're saying that tonight they're having all kinds of crazy, insane activity happening about the investigation that they're on, and that's happening as we are sitting here talking about you know Hatman and shadow figures and all that. So <laughs> I, I don't think it's a coincidence. Now, if, yeah, they all, if you if, need help with the show on shadows, I mean, I I cover everything. I I'm just there. hope they don't get abducted. You, you just let tonight. me know. That would be the worst. Stop that right we have now. we have like seven more episodes to film. Don't so don't say the a word. I, I don't want the cast to get called up to the mothership as a result of this. What's what's the name of the show? I can't tell you right now. I'll tell you off. There. Oh, okay. Uh, so well, hey. why don't we only have a few moments left? Why don't you let everybody know uh, how they can how they can follow along with you and how they can uh, check out all your shows and, and all of your work? Uh, you know, if people need some information, HeidiHollis.com is my main website. You can reach me there. Uh, I do my radio show called The Outlander every Friday, 8 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time. And I also co-host on The Kevin Cook Show, which is Tuesdays, uh, 8 p.m. Central Standard. And uh, InceptionRadioNetwork.com, I have 1.3 million listeners and growing. It's it's unbelievable, uh, the interest that is out there in trying to learn about these topics. And, and, and again, I welcome people. Uh, if you're experiencing anything out of the ordinary, I don't just cover shadow people, ghosts. Aliens, uh, Bigfoot. I've had a couple encounters. Uh, feel free to write me, uh, dustoutlander at gmail.com, but you'll find that on HeidiHollis.com. But my books, uh, The Secret War, my most popular, Jesus No Joke, The Hat Man, and, uh, the other fword.com. There's a couple of books coming there as well. So, so hey, if you got shadow people issues, you know, I'm here for you guys for your TV show. It's all good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Heidi, for joining us. Yeah. No, prom- thank you for let- having me on. I promise it won't be a decade before we talk to you again. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. That is Heidi Hollis. Uh, and, and real quickly, Stephanie, we have about a minute left. You had something you wanted to mention for everybody? Yep. I will be at the USS Salem this Friday, March 31st. So if you go to stephburke.com and click on events, that will lead you to the ticket link. And I will be there with Dustin Perry, Sherry D. Benedetti from Ghost Hunters, and John Brightman from Ghost Adventures. Stephburke.com. Stephburke.com. Not a naked guy. No. Okay. No, that... that's Stephanie Burke. All right. Yeah, don't go to that one. <laughs> go to stephburke.com. stephburke.com. All right. Well, that does it for this week's show. Uh, we will be joined next week by author and researcher Jason Offit. He'll be joining us to talk about his work and uh, and what he's been doing lately as well. Remember, you can always check out the show during the week at SpookySouthCoast.com. You can download the free app for Android and for Apple devices. That's where you can not only watch the show and chat live as it goes on, but follow along with everything Spooky South Coast all week long. And uh, also on the Dark Matter Radio Network. And now we're even on a new network as well. Spike. The Spike Paranormal yes. Network. So you can check us out there as well. So a lot of different ways to get the show each and every week. But, of course, the best way is to join us here live each and every Saturday night. We will be back again next Saturday night to talk with you more about the paranormal. If you need to reach us at any point during the week, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at SpookySC. And you can find all of us individually on Twitter as well. Even Moniz has one. He just doesn't know how to use it. 
But if you need to get him, you can just find one of us and, and we'll get we'll get a hold of him for you. So now let's all get into the car and be terrified on the way home. Yeah. Except Moniz, he's used to it. So until next week, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, for Chris, I'm Tim. We want you all to stay spooktacular.